This is an ABC podcast. This is a show set in the Harry Potter universe. And there are spoilers ahead. Especially about Snape, Snape, Severus Snape, 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 Severus Snape. A Veronica spoiler! A spoiler cadaver! You're listening to Short and Curly. Students, your potion should be almost complete. If you don't finish today, you'll enjoy an evening of rearranging my ingredients cupboard. Hey, Molly, what do I do after I've added the sapophorus beans juice to this potion? You stir seven times anti-clockwise. <sighs> Thanks. Making magical potions is really tricky. Silence, <gasps> Mr. Smith. Sorry, Professor Snape. I know you always think everyone's interested in your thoughts, but we aren't. Ten points from Gryffindor. Jeez, Professor Snape is so awful, Molly. What? No, he's not. He just wants us to focus on making our draft of living death potions. Of course you don't have a problem with him. You're in Slytherin House here at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and he loves all the students in Slytherin. We were both talking a second ago, and he only took points from my house, Gryffindor. Yeah, what can I say? Slytherin pride, baby. Hiss, hiss. If you listening are wondering what we're doing here, Molly and I have been arguing all week about whether Severus Snape, the potions master from the Harry Potter series, is a hero or a villain. So today on Short and Curly, we've decided to go back into the Harry Potter universe to gather some more evidence and answer this question once and for all. Is Snape a terrible, wicked villain? Or is he a super courageous hero? And even if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you can still use this show as a chance to think about someone from another book. Or even from your real life. Someone who is complicated. Maybe they do nice things, but also act mean. Or they do amazing stuff, but seem to do it for the wrong reasons. What kind of person does this really make them? It's time for us to say Accio Answers! Hello, and today you're listening to... Short. You're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 Curly. Right now we're in the dungeons of Hogwarts, where Professor Snape teaches his potions class and where he proves what a rotten man he really is. Carl, stop being rude just because you lost some house points. No, Molly, I actually think Snape is super mean, super biased, and he's definitely the least helpful teacher here. No, he's just misunderstood. I mean, he just tells people off for their mistakes and doesn't support us students at all. I spoke to some first-year witches and wizards from Baranda State School about what they thought of Snape's teaching techniques. He's totally unfair. He helps all Slytherins and hates all Gryffindors, pretty much. He'll be very, like, happy with Malfoy's potion, even if um, it's absolutely terrible, but absolutely very angry about um, Harry's potion, for example, if it, even if it was particularly good, just because he thinks that Slytherin's better. He doesn't want to do potions, so he just treats it like it's nothing. 
So he just, he's like, okay, go off and do this. I'm not gonna teach you how to do it. You just have to figure out yourself. He would definitely be a downer because the people who like did well or stuff, they he wouldn't accept them and he wouldn't appreciate them, meaning they would feel bad about themselves and make them feel like they needed to improve themselves and that's not what a teacher should be like. And then the people who don't know the answers, he makes them feel bad because they don't know the answers. It would just kind of feel really weird having him as a teacher. He'd be really biased and you just kind of be like, oh no, Snape's class. And you walk in and you'd be like, oh no. Yes, class is finally over. Let's get out of here and have some actual Hogwarts wizarding fun. Oh, look! The Weasley twins just put one of Dr. Filibuster's fabulous wet start no heat fireworks onto Mrs. Norris's tail. Oh, and look, Molly, there's Neville Longbottom, everyone's favourite Gryffindor. But what's wrong with him? He looks stressed. Yeah, he's got double potions now, and nobody gets picked on by Professor Snape worse than Neville. Actually, Neville's worst fear in the entire world is Professor Snape. There's this creature called a bogart that turns into whatever you fear the most in the world. Say, if you're scared of spiders, it will turn into a giant spider. Ooh, my bogart would definitely show me a world without chicken burgers. No, without chicken nuggets. <gasps> no, a world without chocolate. <gasps> what a world! OK, most people have much scarier things than that, but cool. Anyway, Neville's bogart turns into Professor Snape. Snape is the thing he fears most. What? That's messed up. Teachers are meant to help you and be responsible for you. No teacher should be a student's worst fear. That makes Snape a bad guy for sure. Carl, you can be a good person even if you're not a nice person. Huh? What do you mean by that? Well, actually, this is probably a good time for all of us to take a moment for a thinking question. Hit play when you're ready to keep listening. Think about the people in your life. Kids at your school, teachers, neighbours or anyone else you see around. And here's our question. What's the difference between being a good person and being a nice person? Hit pause now. Carl, you know what? I think we need to speak to an expert. A Snape expert. A snape spurt. Well, that sounds nice, except there's no such thing. Or is there, Carl? Back in the muggle world, I spoke to Laurie Kim, the author of Snape, a definitive reading. She knows the character as well as just about anybody. And here's what she had to say about Snape as a teacher. As a school child, you will at some point in your life probably come across the kind of teacher who does not use their power well, you know, who is not fair. Something that I get from the Snape character is that there are people like that in the world. And what do you do when you're faced with somebody like that? As you grow older, you understand them better. It doesn't mean you have to forgive them. It doesn't mean that they were right to abuse their power, but when you think about them as you grow older, you know more about what led them to be like that. 
See, Molly, even the Snape's birds say he sucks. Hang on. Laurie was hinting at something important here. Even if you don't like Snape as a teacher, there's more to someone than just how they do their job. Even if Snape is a bad teacher, that doesn't mean he's a bad person. This is too complicated. If only Hogwarts had a professor of magical ethics. Did someone say professor of magical ethics? <gasps> Matt Beard? What are you doing here? Hello, Hamora. Wait, so does Hogwarts actually have a professor of magical ethics? Oh, yeah. Hogwarts and the Ethics Centre have been teaming up to fight dark magic and dark ethics for centuries. Well, in your time fighting dark ethics, you must have come across some people who seem pretty rude but also do really good things, right? Ah, you guys are having the Snape debate, aren't you? How did you know? It's what everyone wants to debate in magical ethics class. And I can see why. It's a really complicated and interesting topic. Okay, well, can you help us out? Does it matter ethically if someone is a bit prickly, rude or unpleasant to the people around them? What? Sorry, I, I wasn't listening. Oh, really? We, we were in the middle of a conversation. I just... Yeah, sorry, I just had a more interesting thought in my head. Oh, well, that's a bit rude. Exactly. I was actually listening, but I was trying to make a point. The way we treat other people in small things, like listening to them when they're talking, are ways of showing respect for other people. So when Snape treats Gryffindors really badly and Slytherins really nicely, it's unethical because he's not respecting the Gryffindors. It certainly could be. But in fairness to Snape, nobody really respects him either. You're right. The way we treat people really matters. But I think it's really risky to assume we can know exactly who someone is based on the way they act some of the time or in some situations. That's because of something called the halo effect. Hang on, you're not saying Snape deserves a halo, are you? That's not what it means. The halo effect is an idea from psychology. It happens when we take one good thing about someone and use it to decide whether or not they're a good person. Sometimes our ideas about what's good aren't very useful. For example, attractive people tend to be seen as being better leaders. But actually, the way you look has nothing to do with how good you'll be as a leader. And you know, our group of first years from the Baranda Wizards Brains Trust talked a lot about the way Snape looks and how it makes him seem like a bad guy. He always wears this long black cloak that is sort of almost like a sort of snake body for him. One way to describe him is like he has like these really cold black eyes and it's like and it's like it said somewhere in a book, it's like they stare into your soul. I think of penguins because of his nose, it's really straight and it's like hooked. So I think think of penguins, like really tall penguins with long greasy black hair. Snake body, cold black eyes, greasy penguins. No wonder everyone hates him. But Matt just said we shouldn't use people's looks to make a judgement of their character. I mean, think about Gilderoy Lockhart. He was attractive and well-dressed and charming, but he turned out to be a horrible person. And this is one of the reasons we need to be careful of making big judgements. We might see people being cranky at work or really lovely to their pets or dressing a bit slobby or whatever it is, 
and think that that's enough to make a judgment about someone's overall character, whether or not they're a good or a bad person. But the reality is people are a lot more complicated than that. And speaking of complicated, Carl, I think it's time to visit another of Hogwarts' most important places, the Quidditch pitch, where I'll present my next argument for why Snape is actually a hero. What an excellent student you are, Molly. Oh, they're gone without even saying goodbye. That's a bit rude. (laughs) I feel like there's a chipmunk on a sugar high running around in my tummy. That's a really weird saying, Carl, but look where we are. It's a real Quidditch match. Wow, yeah, the magical world's favourite sport. Ravenclaw in possession, the quaffle bouncing between the two chasers like a chipmunk who has eaten too much sugar. Hmm, maybe that's actually a really common saying. So, Molly, what does Quidditch have to do with Snape? I'm glad you asked, Carl. Let me take you back to the first book in the Harry Potter series. (gasps) Okay. Harry joins the Gryffindor Quidditch team as the youngest seeker in 100 years. During his first match, his broom starts acting out, like it's trying to throw him onto the ground. Oh yeah, I remember that. While this was happening, Harry's friend Hermione saw Snape staring at the broom and muttering under his breath. She rushed over and set his cloak on fire, which distracted him for long enough to save Harry. Not making Snape sound very heroic here, Molly. Except Snape wasn't the one messing with Harry's broom. There was another teacher named Professor Quirrell that was trying to hurt Harry. Snape was actually casting spells to save him. Whoa, plot twist. Yaha! And this is a classic example of Snape's character. He's always doing the right thing behind the scenes. Yeah, I guess. You guess? Without him, the good guys wouldn't have won. And he played an incredibly important role protecting Harry. But to do that, he had to play the part of a bad guy. Now, Molly, I hear what you're saying about Snape, but you're missing out on some really important stuff here as well. Like what? Like the only reason Snape was able to be a spying secret agent was because he used to actually be a member of Voldemort's club, the Death Eaters. He was a servant of the most evil wizard who ever lived. Yeah, but I mean, he changed his mind. But by then, how much bad stuff had he done? And the only reason he changed his mind is because he was in love. He loved Lily Evans, Harry's mum, who Voldemort planned to kill. He only betrayed Voldemort for selfish reasons, to try to save Lily. Yeah, but Harry's mum was killed by Voldemort. And yet, Snape still joined the good side. And our Snape spurt Laurie Kim reckons that's a really interesting point about him, that he tries to make up for the bad things he's done. I think that it's very necessary for all humans to feel like we are seen and understood for our true selves, and especially our best selves. And when we have good intentions, but that's misinterpreted, and people misunderstand us and think that we have bad intentions, it's very hurtful, and it's very hard to go on doing the right thing when people are misunderstanding you and blaming you. However, Snape has accepted this task of being a double agent, knowing that even though he is 
Yes, he was once evil. He's not like that anymore. But he's going to accept that everybody will still dislike him, believing that he still is evil. Okay, I'll admit there's more to Snape than I thought, Molly. But I'm just not sure he could ever make up for all the awful things he's done. Even the greatest wizard of the age, Albus Dumbledore, was, and I quote, disgusted by the things Snape did in his early years. I'm not saying Snape was always good. I'm just saying that, overall, he worked really hard to fix the damage he'd done and ended up helping save everyone. Okay, well, let's take a second to think this through. It's time to pause the show to wrestle with another curly question. And the question is, are there some things that are so bad you can never make up for them, no matter how much good you do? Hit pause now. Hey, Molly, have you seen Matt around? No, he's probably off putting some ethical memories in the pensive. Ah, typical. I feel like he'd have some thoughts about whether there are things in life which are so bad that you can never make up for them. Oh, look, he just apparated to us when we said his name. Nifty trick, Matt. Hey, guys, have you ever thought maybe you're asking the question the wrong way? What do you mean? It sounds like you're trying to weigh all of the bad Snape did against all the good he did, then work out which was bigger, and then use that to decide whether he was a hero or a villain. Yep, that's pretty much what we did. But that idea, that if you do something bad, you can do something good and kind of cancel it out, that's a bit misleading. Hang on, what do you mean? If you did more good than bad, you're a good person. And if you did more bad than good, then you're a bad person. Easy peasy, Snape's hair's greasy. Okay, let's say Molly's right about Snape. Hooray! What? So unfair! For the sake of discussion. Oh. Let's say Snape's good actions made up for the bad he did overall. He still can't undo the hurt he's done to Harry or the hurt he's done to Neville. I like where this is going. But the fact he was a bully or used to be a Death Eater also doesn't change the fact he saved a lot of lives, took a huge amount of risk and sacrifice to help overthrow Voldemort and was a victim of bullying in lots of ways as well. So what, Snape is both a hero and a villain? Aren't we all in some ways? Actually, that's kind of the lesson we got from our brain's trust of witches and wizards when we spoke to them about the sacrifices Snape had to make. Well, we've said that he likes, that he wanted to protect Harry, Ron and Hermione, but I don't believe that that's true. It's a selfish kind of thing that he he doesn't feel any remorse uh, to Harry or Hermione. He doesn't feel any grief towards them. It's just because he loved Lily when they were at school and then he feels great remorse at what happened. He is sacrificing many things. He's sacrificing a lot of his safety. He is sacrificing any trust that he could ever be given, apart from my Dumbledore. It's kind of like giving up your life for the wizarding world. So I, th- I think it would require courage. 
and he is sacrificing any hopes of someone liking him. So I think it must have been like really hard for Snape. Well, you guys keep saying that it would be very tricky to give up your integrity and have everyone hate you. Well, you know, it might have been kind of fun to like have Harry been like really frustrated at you because I find it really fun to annoy other people. It's just part of me. And I find it really interesting to see some people's reactions when I have done it. And maybe Snape kind of had that and he was like, yes, he's annoyed now. I can like take advantage of that, like detention, Mr. Potter. I think our brains trust are taking us in the right direction. Snape's complicated. There's somewhere else you two need to see. Hey, where are we? What is this place? Is this the Shrieking Shack? Where Snape was killed by Voldemort? It is. I feel sick. Toughen up, Carl. They're not still here. No, no, no. Sick sick because of the apparating. My tum-tum. We're at the Shrieking Shack, where Snape shared his memories with Harry just before he died. It's where Harry came to understand who Snape really was and started to feel sorry for the teacher he once hated. We all want to be understood and feel like other people get us. We don't like it when people simplify us, when they say we're just the class clown. Like Molly. Or the nerd. That's you, Carl. We know we're not just those things. When we think about the argument about whether Snape was a hero or a villain, we're trying to turn Snape into just one thing. I guess I was ignoring the bad parts of Snape to try and make him look more heroic because that's what I want him to be. Well, I was being totally fair and honest, so I guess I win. Ow! Oh, one of the ghosts in the Shrieking Shack just slapped me. Sounds like you deserved it. Okay, fine. I was probably being a bit rough on Snape. Actually, even though I'd love to watch you get ghost slapped all day, I've got an idea for our last thinking question. So pause the show one last time and think about this. Considering everything Professor Snape did, both good and bad, do you think he'd be a good role model for future students and teachers? Hit pause now. Well, we're almost done here today, but I'd really like to hear what Severus Snape might be able to teach us. You mean about potions? Not about potions, about life. Especially for those of us who have regrets. Here's Laurie Kim. For me, Snape shows us what happens if you're someone who has done something really bad, harmful, something that really hurt people that you cared about, and then you're sorry and you have a change of heart, and you have regret, what do you do with your life then? So you can run away from the guilt, and we do see a lot of people in Harry Potter running away from their guilt or experiencing great pain when they remember things that they regret. Uh, That's what the Dementors do. They make you think about things that you're really sorry you did. They make you relive the worst moments of your life. And Snape knows that if he's going to 
repair some of the damage that he's done, he's going to have to keep that in mind the whole time. He can't let himself forget the damage that he inflicted. So that's a tough thing for anyone to do. It doesn't make his already grumpy personality any sweeter, <laughs> but it's something that he sticks with. He believes in it. It sure doesn't make him less of a grump. But maybe it makes him more interesting and real. Thanks, Laurie Kim. Okay, Carl, what say we try out Professor Snape's potion class one more time? <sighs> okay, I guess. Well, you know we're getting there by apparating. <gasps> really? Get your spew bag ready, Carl. I'm always prepared. Oh, actually, it wasn't so bad that time. Maybe I'm getting used to it. No, still sick. Okay, while Carl tries to worm his way out of this one, a big thank you to our fellow Potions class members, Mina, Caitlin, Banjo, Rosie, Haley, and Rex from Baranda State School and our Snape spurt, Laurie Kim. And of course, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry has its own campus in Australia called the ABC Audio Studios. Kyla Slavin teaches Defence Against the Dark Arts. Emma Gibbs can be found most days on the Quidditch pitch. Justine Kelly is a long-time Death Eater. And Kelly Reardon heads up the Ministry of Magic. Our sound engineer today was Hamish Camilleri, and Snape was played by Richard Aidy. Quiet, you two. Sorry, Professor Snape. This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs.